So today we're finishing our series called Living Stones. And today's gonna be a very different kind of day uh, than we're used to. This has been a very challenging series, but I hope it's also been encouraging to you and blessed you and, uh, and challenged you to become a living stone and to build that, that temple that we've talked about for the Holy Spirit. So 1 Peter 2.5, what I wanna do is I wanna go back to the, the, the foundational passage and I wanna do a quick review just to, just to bring all of us together on the same page today uh, to prepare us for what I wanna to share today. 1 Peter 2.5, you also like living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So this, in this series we've said, the moment that you put your faith in Jesus, a lot more things change than we're aware of when it happens. So the question is, who are you as a believer, if you're a Christian, who are you in Jesus and what does that mean? In this series, we've basically said there's four realities about your identity. The first one is, you are not a brick. Bricks are man-made, they are uh, the same, uh, they're cheap, uh, they're mass-produced, and you are not a brick. You are something special in Jesus, and that's what 1 Peter says, you are a living stone. And a living stone, stones are all different, different shapes, different sizes, different colors, different background, and what the picture we see in scripture of the church is, is the church is a temple built for God's presence where these living stones, this raw building material called people, are drawn from all over the world from different backgrounds and races and statuses and experiences, and they're drawn together to build a house, a spiritual house, for Jesus' presence. Now, the, the other thing we said is you are a ligament. So like the connective tissue in your body, as a member of God's family, you are a connective tissue that joins and holds together the body. You hold Jesus' family together. You keep it aligned. You keep it on track. You keep it moving the right direction. You know, we said earlier, we can't be a movement of hope if we can't move. You know what allows your body to move? Ligaments. If you took all the ligaments out of your body, you couldn't move. And so you and I act as ligaments inside the body of Jesus. And then the last one we said last week is, you are a temple builder. The people in the world are tower builders. They're building things out of brick, made by man, for man, for man's glory, to glorify man, systems and structures and empires and all of this stuff. But you and I are called by God. The moment we put our faith in Jesus, we're called to be temple builders. And we build up the dwelling place for God's presence. Now, I saw such a beautiful example of this just a few weeks ago. We had a, a, a family in our church for the very first time, they were, they were the first time they'd ever been to Kingwood. And uh, the mom was dropping her son off in kids' church. And she went to drop her son off there, but she could tell her son was apprehensive. And just so happens that one of our moms in our church noticed. And so she sent her son over there and said, hey, you know, that, that young guy right there looks like he's, you know, a little intimidated. Why don't you go and introduce yourself and, you know, kind of show him around. And so here's what happened. Um, we've got a message the next day from that new family, and here's what this new mom said. We truly enjoyed the service, and our son had a wonderful time at Kids Church. As soon as we left, he asked when we could come back. 
There was a student that greeted our son at the door and showed him around. It must have been sweet and included him in everything because our son said this was one of his new best friends. <laughs> Truly, it was God's love shining through our young people. So this morning, I want to give a great shout out to Aiden Burcham, who's 10 years old, who's a living stone in our church, living it out. Come on and let's hear it for Aiden. So um, I also want you to know that this series that we've been talking about is not a conversation that's unique to our church. I happened to catch an article just a couple of weeks ago after we'd started our series. Um, a pastor in North Carolina, Summit Church in North Carolina, was talking just a few weeks ago about um, doing a series in the book of James. And this is what he said. I'm just going to give you some excerpts from the sermon. I'm not going to preach this whole sermon and mine too. How many of you are glad about that? I'm just going to give you a couple of quotes from his sermon. Here's what he said. How quickly do you identify and reach out to disconnected people in this church? That was the question he asked. He followed it up with this statement. I hear so many people complain that they went to some church and nobody talked to them. What if we reserve the first seven minutes right before church starts and the seven minutes right after just to connect with people? Wouldn't that be a way of demonstrating the gospel and saying, you matter here? So I, what, I'm, what I'm showing you is this isn't a conversation that we're just having. It's a conversation that other churches are having too. Here's the last quote. It's one of the things that irritates me about those of you who cruise in 10 minutes late or leave five minutes early before we dismiss. It's not that I'm mad that you're missing part of the service, it's that you treat church like it's a religious show instead of a welcoming family that you're part of. When people say the church is unfriendly and feels like a big production, you're the problem. Well, now, I didn't say it. Listen, I want you to know I, I, I didn't say that, and I would never say that. Okay, I want to make that clear. And just to be clear, I wouldn't have said it like that. Okay? But here's what I do want you to know. I want you to know that there are other churches in America, and I'm grateful, who are having a similar conversation that we're having They've come through COVID and they look back and they say, we can't go back to what we were. We have to go deeper. And they're beginning to wrestle with what does it actually mean to be the people of God in a culture that is increasingly more resistant to Jesus. What does it mean to be a gospel witness? What does it mean to be the people of God now? And so I'm, I'm grateful for that. So... What does it look like to be a living stone? Let's talk about it, okay? Let me give you a few thoughts. Number one, allow your hunger for God to guide you into building relationships. Sometimes we build relationships because we have some kind of problem. There's a parenting problem or a marriage problem or a, you know, a depression or anxiety. or we, we have some kind of challenge and we realize that we need other people in our life, so we, we reach out to build that relationship, great, those things are healed inside the body of Jesus. Sometimes um, we reach out just because we're lonely. And we realize, like, hey, we don't have very many friends. 
And there's this loneliness and emptiness that kind of sets in on us. So we reach out to other people to build friends. Great. Like you see people with t-shirts this morning. Life's better together. We believe it. It is better together. And there, there is community, thank God, inside the body of Jesus. Sometimes we reach out to build relationships because we say, man, I see this need in my life to grow and I really want to grow, but I realize that I can't grow by myself. I realize that I, I, I need somebody else's input in order for me to grow in this area. And so then we reach out and we build that relationship with somebody because we see something in them that we don't have and we start to grow. Hey, that's fantastic. That's part of the body building the body up. But then sometimes... When the problem goes away, or life circumstances change, or we find the growth that we wanted, we just move on. And, and that relationship doesn't make it. That relationship um, falls away. And, and for all of those of you who have ever been in one of those relationships where you said, man, I think we're on the same page. I think that we are pursuing Jesus together, and then life seasons change or the growth happen, and you got to see you, I'm, I'm genuinely uh, as sorry as I can be because it's super hurtful. It's super hurtful to find out that the relationship was more important to you than it was to them, or that it was based on something other than what you thought it was based on, and now something's changed, and you get see ya. And, and, I, and I, really am, um, I really am genuinely sorry about that. Uh, me too. <laughs> it, it hurts, and I know it hurts. But here's what I want you to know today. The thing is, you have to say, because of my hunger for God, I'm going to continue to lean in to new relationships despite how many of the other ones didn't make it because I want to be a part of God's presence and what he's doing on the earth, and I cannot be a spiritual house by myself. So I'm going to keep leaning in. I'm going to keep moving forward. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 says this, as you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Look at the first thing it says. As you come to him. See, here's the thing. If your goal in building the relationship is not in some way coming closer to Jesus, getting more of Jesus, uh, pursuing Jesus in a deeper way, I'm going to tell you the relationship's probably going to struggle. At some point down the road, the relationship's probably going to struggle because it's got to be built on coming to him, getting to know him, getting deeper in him. And when you join with somebody on that basis, it'll last because you have a lifelong pursuit in front of you now. We are coming to him. But did you notice it says that he is the living stone, not a living stone, the living stone rejected by humans. So here's what's going to happen. If people reject the living stone, we're going to embrace some amount of rejection in our life too. From, if, the, if the living stone got some, some living stones, a living stone's going to get some of that too. And so what do you do? You keep walking forward and you have to be willing to be known and to know. You have to be willing to be vulnerable. I love what Alicia said in the video a minute ago. Just You have to be willing to be yourself. 
and open yourself up to pursue those relationships. And look, some of you, you you're, you're saying, yes, I'm, I'm, amen, I'm with you. I, all that's true. But here's the problem. You're waiting for it to happen. And I'm just telling you, if you're waiting for someone to come get you and to come find you, you're going to be waiting for a long time. You've got to be the living stone. You've got to be the one that says, I'll take on that responsibility. I'll reach out and I'll pursue. So what do we do? Number two, build relationships through meaningful conversations. You know, in the last three years, it feels like to me that uh, people just absolutely lost the ability to have conversation. Like we don't know how to talk to each other. We don't know how to greet each other. I, I noticed when I, I walk in a local park and it feels like to me years ago when you walk past people, you'd wave and they'd wave back. I wave at people and half the people I wave at don't even wave at me. And I go, I know you see me. Like we're the only two people out here in a mile. And we're passing 10 feet away. I know you. Sometimes I go, I know you saw me. You're not on the phone. You don't even have a phone. Come on. What are you talking about? We've lost the ability to talk to each other, to look each other in the eye. We've lost the ability to listen. Man, j- just look on a social media thread about some controversy. Here, well, hey, election year's coming. We just pick a subject. I don't know. You know, just roll one out there. And you look at the social media thread on a, on a, a controversial conversation, it's discouraging. Did you go, these are people you're talking to. This isn't AI, this isn't, is it robots, this isn't a machine, this isn't a dog, this is a person. You don't talk to people like that. But man, they do, they just fire away. How do you have a meaningful conversation? Well, how, how do we normally do it? How you doing? Well, what do you say? Good. How you doing? Come on, okay. Do we have to do a, do we have to train for this? How you doing? Good, right, okay. And then what does the other person say? How you doing? Good. Then you walk away. Is that meaningful? No, that's not meaningful. So let's work this morning for a minute and just talk about what does a meaningful conversation look like? So I'm just gonna walk you through some, some questions that you can ask someone that will help you build a meaningful conversation. You ready? Here it is. Hi, I'm Jay. I don't think we've met. What's your name? Now, it only works for you if you're Jay, okay? If your name's Jay. I'm Jay. Put your name in there. Hi, I'm Jay. I don't think we've met. What's your name? See that? That's other than how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. That's a step further, right? Okay. Now watch this. Here's the next question. How long have you been at Kingwood? Oh, you know when you start to ask someone about their history, you show that you care. Because a person's history is part of what makes them who they are. How long have you been at Kingwood? All right. Next. Tell me about your family. Tell me about your family. You know, how many siblings do you have? How many, how many kids do you have? Tell me about that. All right, here's another one. What, what do you do for work? You know, the 40 to 60 hours that you spend while you're awake all week somewhere, what does that look like for you? That's a, that's a giant investment of our life. Here's another good one. Um, where are you from? Like, where, where were you born and raised? And, you know, what was that like? Next question, what do you like to do for fun? Like when you're not at work, 
and you're not doing the other things, what do you like to do for fun? Here's another one. We're getting deeper now. What has the last few months been like for you? What's it been like? It's been going on. All right, let's go, let's go a step deeper. What has God been showing you or saying to you lately? And sometimes you say, oh, I can't ask anybody that. I, I'll, I'm, I'll put them on the spot. I think what you're afraid of is you'll get put on the spot. Right? What's God been showing you or saying to you lately? Here, here's, a, here's the last one. How's your heart? I don't mean the organ. Like, I mean, how, how, how are you inside? How, what's going on inside and how are you doing? See, now look, here's what I want to say. I, I know there's some radical people here that y- you want to start with. Hi, I'm Jay. How's your heart? <laughs> I, I'm just going to give you some relational wisdom. Don't do it. Okay, because that person is going to turn around and they're going to go to their car and they're going to drive off our property and you'll never see them again. Because they'll say, man, somebody just asked me, what's the darkest secret of your soul? That's what it's going to feel like. (laughs) Relationship, remember, ligaments are connective tissue. And so relationship has to grow along the lines of trust. And I'm not willing to tell you how my heart is if I don't trust you. And I can't trust you if I don't know you. So I gotta get to know you. Do you see? There's a progression to relationships that have to happen in order for us to be connected together to be the dwelling place of God. But we can't start with, what's God been saying to you? What's your name good? What's God been saying to you? They might go like, I don't even know if I believe in God. I don't even know if I'm a Christian. What's God been saying to me? You, you, you see, you have, to, you have to progress. And then here's what happens. Look the person in the eye, ask questions, watch. And this is a miracle. I promise you, it's an absolute miracle. Listen. You know, more people probably than ever, I'm making up a statistic because I don't know what it is. I just know where the trend is. More people probably than ever any point in history have nobody to listen to them. You have no idea the gift you'd give someone by just being present and actually listening. And so when you meet them, don't talk about yourself. Don't share with them your opinion about something. Listen, introduce yourself, get their name, listen. Just listen. And listen for what you hear. And then ask follow-up questions. You know, tell me more about that. And then remember, watch this. This is even crazier. Remember what they say. And the next time you see them, ask them about that. Somebody may say, oh, hey, my... Well, you know, what's the last few months? Well, you know, my mom's having surgery this week and, you know, we're concerned about, oh, okay. And then you could maybe shoot them a text on the day of the surgery and say, hey, just want you to know I'm praying for you. Or you could, next time you see them, if you don't know them, they'll ask them, hey, how did it go? You have no idea how far it goes. How t- two things. Two things you could do to build relationships that are actually game changers. It, it, I, I guarantee it would help every marriage in the room. One is listen The second one is remember. If you can listen and remember, I've given you two superpowers (laughs) to help any relationship, parenting, listen and remember. (laughs) 
And I'm telling you, it would make such a difference in our relationship. So can you imagine, here's what I want you to imagine though. I want you to imagine if our church, if every time we gathered, every one of us had one meaningful conversation. Wow. Can you imagine if we didn't say, how you doing? Good. How you doing? Good. Bye. See you next Sunday. Right? But if you had one meaningful conversation every time we gathered, can you imagine the difference over a short amount of time that would begin to happen in this church? We would, I'm telling you, we'd experience God's presence in a, in a fuller way than we ever have. Imagine what it would be like. Now, for those of you who've been part of the series and you've heard any of it before, I hope that you already know what point number three is. Where do we start? All right, number three, start with lunch. So what we've said is, look, maybe you have to have a meaningful conversation like what's your name and all that for about a month, whatever. At some point, turn it into, hey, you're at church, we're at church. You eat, we eat. What, what are you doing after church today? Why don't we go grab some lunch? And everybody pays for their own, right? We've made that clear. And so today's the last day of this series. And next week, we're going to move on and start talking about other things. And either you did it or you didn't do it. And you can do it next week or the week after. You know, it actually is good all the time. We're just not going to talk about it anymore. So I want to encourage you to take that step um, as soon as you can. Now, um, I want to wrap up this series in a very different way than we typically do. Um, so here's what happens in church, in the church. There's a lot of different ministries that we do that do different things. Preaching inspires and equips and teaches and motivates uh, and invites. And in just a few minutes, our prayer team's going to be here online and in person. And our prayer team is here to minister the presence of God and the power of God and, and to minister to you in that way. But what I want to do in the next few minutes is neither of those. What I want to do in the next few minutes is called um, reflection and examination. And what I want to do is I want to invite you to open your heart and to examine your heart and to reflect for a minute. So um, what, I, what I've put for you is I've, uh, there's, a, there's a note in your chair. When you got here, you're probably like, what is that for? This is what it's for. It just says living stones. There's nothing on it. It's just a sheet of paper. In just a minute, I'm just going to walk you through a heart examination. Okay? Uh, there were pins, uh, you know, maybe at the end of the row. Hopefully you have a pen if you can't find one. Maybe you want to get your cell phone light out and look around. But there's a pen there. Um, and, and you can, and what I want to ask you to do, this, you don't turn this in, you don't share this with anybody. This is you and Jesus, okay? It's you and the Holy Spirit. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to walk you through um, some questions that you can use to examine your heart. And it'll, it'll be a real different kind of process that we're going to go through. So, uh, think about this. If you... First off, this is something I'd encourage you to do every Sunday. If you're online, in person, wherever, have something to take notes with. Why? If you truly believed that when you gathered with the church that God was going to speak to you, wouldn't it be important to write it down? 
Because after two or three hours of social media, by the time you go to bed tonight, you won't remember one thing that happened here. But if you write it down, you might. And so um, all of you are so good today. I see that you brought notes and a pen. I think it's amazing. <laughs> it's such an amazing job. If you're online, you can, you can do this too. So Psalm 139.23 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Okay? That's what Psalm 139 says. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to walk you through um, a few questions. And, and we're going to take a minute and try to answer them. Okay? Number one. Eight questions. Here they are. Number one. Do you believe that you need relationships with people in our church? Why or why not? Just take a minute and, and write your answer there. Again, this is for nobody but you. Nobody's going to see this but you. Do you believe that you need relationships with people in our church? Why or why not? And, and what you want to do is you want to write your answer. What do you believe? In your heart, what do you believe? And when you write down what you believe then I want to encourage you to test that against what Scripture teaches us about the body. If it's no, why? If it's yes, why? What do you believe? And why do you believe it? And how does it, how does it agree or disagree with what Jesus has revealed in Scripture about his family? Take a minute. It's all right. Number two. How are your relationships with the people in our church? So if you were to think about this on a scale of one to ten, like ten is, woo, you know, my relationships couldn't possibly get any better. Or, or one, I, I either don't know anybody or, or I don't, you know, I hardly know anyone. I hardly know anyone's name. And look, if you're new, you're probably a one. And I just want to say to everybody who's one or two or three, it's completely okay to be one or two or three. It's not okay to stay there, but it's okay to be there today. If you're online, you say, man, I might be like a, like a half. You know, I'm, maybe, maybe I'm just here watching this and, man, I, I don't even really know anybody. It's totally okay to be zero or one or whatever you want to put the low number at. It's just not okay to stay there. And we want to help you with that. Number three, what keeps you from building relationships with people in our church? Like, what is it? Is it, is it time? You know, are, are you real busy? Is it, um, are, there, are there fears? Uh, have, you, have you been hurt somewhere before? And you say, man, I, I know I need to be a part of church, but... I just don't know, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Maybe, maybe there's some wounds that are uh, inside your life somewhere. Maybe there are obstacles or barriers. Or I, This is a season of my life, I'm under a lot of pressure, and I'm having a, a really hard time juggling everything, and I don't have maybe the mental space or emotional space. Like, what, what, are, the, what are the barriers for you? 
What are they? Just write them down. Again, this is for nobody but you. This is just you. This is just you examining your heart. This is just you processing. Number four, are there any hurts, wounds, or offenses that are keeping you from building those relationships? In other words, has someone somewhere in a church, maybe this church, hurt you in some way, wounded you, offended you, and you just said, you know what, that's it. I'm, I'm backing up. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not going forward. You know, once trust is broken, it's, it's, it takes a long time to rebuild trust. That's why it's so important and it's so valuable that we guard integrity and trust. Are there any, are there any wounds, hurt, hurts, wounds, offenses that are keeping you from building relationships? And maybe they didn't even happen here. Maybe they didn't happen in church. Maybe they happened 20 years ago. And it's just, it's just made you, uh, you know, a distrustful person. And here's what I just say. As we're doing Psalm 139 together this morning, my prayer is that the Holy Spirit would just move in and start to work on your heart even now and start to relate. Maybe a spotlight just needed to be shined there. And if you're online sitting, you know, sitting at the kitchen table or something and you're here and this is just ministering to you, I would just say the Holy Spirit's moving in right now. And he's, he's touching a part of your heart that needs to be, that needs to be healed. And just let it, look, even in, the, even in the middle of this moment of reflection and examination, allow the Holy Spirit to just put his hand on something in your life that maybe, maybe you didn't think very much about or enough about. But now he's highlighting, he's saying, hey, give that to me. <laughs> it's time to forgive. It's time to heal. It's time to grow. It's time to move again. And let him do that. Let, let, the, um, let the freshness of the Holy Spirit just breathe life into you this morning. Number five, what are you most afraid of in connecting with others? Is it like, I don't know if I'll be accepted. I don't, maybe they would reject me. Is it, um, I'm not good at remembering names. Hey, I, I'm a pastor, I'm not good at remembering names. Isn't that terrible? That's a terrible combination to be a pastor and not be good at remembering names. Maybe, maybe your fear is, man, I'm so nervous that, you know, I'm not going to be able to focus or pay attention when they're talking. Or what is it? What are, the, what are you most afraid of in connecting with others? Are you afraid that um, may, maybe you're going to be um, overwhelmed? Uh, there's there's, a, there's a, a, a psychology that says that everybody has one of two basic fears, either fear of being consumed or fear of being abandoned. And so maybe you say, man, I, I'm, I'm afraid to connect with others because I've done this. And, you know, maybe it's like you and I were talking earlier. It's like, man, I had a relationship and that person just disappeared and I don't know why and I don't want to do that again. Maybe that's the fear. You'll be abandoned. Maybe the fear is that you'll be consumed. Man, I, I'm going to meet somebody. They're going to be needy <laughs> and they're going to be overwhelming. But what is it? What are you most afraid of in connecting with others? What fears emerge? Number six, what does God want to do in the lives of others through your gifts? Like every Christian, online, in person, you've been gifted by God 
with mercy or hospitality or helps or leadership, administration, there's all, giving. There's all kinds of gifts. What does God want to do in the lives of others through your gifts? And maybe you say, I don't know because I don't even know what my gifts are. Fine. Th- then write that down. I don't know because I don't know what my gifts are. But what are those gifts that God's given you? And what does God, like, if we're to build each other up, we need you. Like, we can't be the house of God. We can't be the spiritual house of God without your gift and your gift. So what does God want to do in the lives of others? And what does he want to do in your life through their gifts? Right? What does he want to do? Just just write what comes to mind. Two more. Number seven. You're like, man, I went to church and had a test today. Number seven. What is God saying to you right now? Man. Could, Could I invite you just to give the Holy Spirit one minute? In just a minute, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk for a minute, okay? For one minute. But but what I'm gonna do is I'm just gonna invite you to listen. What is God saying to you about you, about your heart, about church, about the family of God, about your relationships? What is God saying to you? And here's the thing, maybe you go. How do I know? You know, God's never spoken to me in my whole life. Here's what I'm just going to encourage you to do. When we take a minute to listen, the first thing that pops in your mind, I just want you to write it down. It might be God's voice. It might be something else. It might be you. But you won't be able to examine it, and you won't be able to know unless you write it down and remember it. And maybe God's speaking to you. Does that make sense? So I'm just going to give you one minute, okay? And what I want you to do is just to say, Holy Spirit, what are you saying to me? So we'll start right now. One minute. one minute see we want this to be a place where God's presence dwells so we have to listen to him and we have to listen to each other last question you ready what's your next step in light of what you've heard 
in light of maybe what the Holy Spirit has said to you, what's your next step? Here's the thing. Here's been my biggest concern the whole month of August, that we'll just come in and hear this series, and it'll be just another series, and next week we'll move on to something else. And here's the thing. When you take in even a good teaching and you don't ever apply it in your life, it just becomes good information. But it doesn't do anything. It doesn't change you. It doesn't change our church. And I, and I had the most distinct sense that the Holy Spirit was using this series to invite us into something fuller, bigger, deeper. And I don't want us just to move on. I, 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 want, I want us to respond to the invitation the Holy Spirit's given us, and I want us to become more of what He wants us to become. So, what's your next step? Like, what are you going to do with what you've heard? What are you going to do with what you wrote down? What your heart, I've given you a path now to examine your heart. What are you going to do with it? You have to do something with it. And that is when, is when you see a difference in your life, right? So would you just stand with me? If you're online, our prayer team is there with you, and they'd love to pray for you. If you have a prayer need of some kind, you can just put that in the comments, and our prayer team's going to meet you there. Man, for all of us, would you just take the next uh, two or three minutes as our worship team comes and leads and just a part of this song, would you just take the next two or three minutes and would you just begin to pray back to God the things that he said to you? Lord, I thank you today that you, you are speaking and you are leading and you are guiding and you are, you are helping us to become living stones, a living house, a dwelling place.